You are listening to the Evolve Your Intimacy podcast with Dr. Stephanie, where it is my goal to educate, enlighten, and evolve your intimacy. You can find me at evolveyourintimacy.com to learn more about counseling, self-study courses, sex, and the retreats that we have to offer. This show contains discussions about relationships, intimacy, and sex, and is meant for those who are 18 years and older. Now sit back, relax, listen up, and get ready to evolve your intimacy. Are you curious about the world of swinging and how it can enhance your relationship? Have you ever wondered how consensual non-monogamy can foster trust, communication, and a deep sense of connection between partners? If so, you're in the right place. During this episode, we're going to dive into the stories and experiences of one couple who have embraced the swinging lifestyle, explore the many ways swinging has transformed their relationship for the better. Get ready to challenge old paradigms, ignite your curiosity, and discover the endless possibilities for love, connection, and growth in ethical non-monogamy. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Has your soggy pickle left you disappointed during times of intimacy? Do you need help keeping your pickle hard? I've partnered with a company that understands the unique needs of those in the lifestyle and the shame and disappointment that accompanies a soggy pickle. So the next time you have the opportunity to toss a salad, make sure you have a rock hard pickle. Choose your treatment today by going to shamelesscare.com. You can sign up for a subscription service or get a one-time order. Make sure that you use code EYI at checkout and get your $30 off your first order. Our guest today is a very happily married couple. They've been together for over 31 years and they accidentally fell into the swinger lifestyle when they were going on a date with some friends who were ethically non-monogamous, but they didn't know about it. Their story is incredibly funny and witty and they have so many sexy hot moments that they share with us, but there's so much more to this couple that I want to introduce you guys to. And this non-monogamous couple, they're very unique in that they have an incredible story to share and an incredible journey. So without further ado, allow me to introduce to you the accidental swingers, Tristan and Marina. Thank you guys for joining us this evening. It's been it's been a while. I got to see you guys in Naughty at New Orleans. And so um, you happen to have been the most gracious people that I think we met there and I, or I met there and I just, I thank you guys so much. I was going through a really rough time and you just embraced me and, and helped me through that journey because of just life in general. And thank you guys so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Our, I'm so pleasure. I'm so glad. Well, we're instant family. We're, we're the way we roll. So <laughs> <laughs> right. Me too. I mean, I just, yes. When you, when you meet good people, you got to stay, stick with them and, and dig your claws in because good people are hard to come by sometimes, especially in this world. And when you click, you click and I love it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Tell our listeners, I mean, I, I, I've told them a little bit about you, but let's let you tell who you are, what you do, and, you know, how how did you get to where you are today? <laughs> well, um, no pressure. Right. I know. I know. Well, the, we'll do the short version of the story because it's hours and hours of the long version of the story. But um, 
uh, I'll, I'll just kind of give a, a, a quick summary. So um, we've been together. Well, except for Tristan is the historian with all the actual numbers. So we've been together for 31 years. And of those many years we were married for 28 years. Okay. We've been married for 28 years. <laughs> okay. And so in those 31 years, and then how many years ago? Five, five, five years ago, five plus five, five ish years, years ago. Yeah. Five and a half years ago. Uh, we actually, so we were in a non, uh, we were in a monogamous relationship. We've been together for all those years and, uh, all the time it was monogamous and we went out with neighbors in our neighborhood, uh, who were swingers unbeknownst to us. And, uh, they thought we would be great at this. <laughs> So uh, the the short, very short version is that they kind of introduced us to the lifestyle, told us all about it. Uh, We did a little bit of research and decided to, we'd always kind of talked about like, wouldn't it be fun to go on one of those vacations in the Caribbean and, you know, have anonymous sex with anonymous people and then, you know, leave and never have to Mm -hmm. talk to them again. But the time was never right. I always was too fat, you know, or something and, you know, never enough money, you know, all the excuses. And so nothing ever, things like that. Yeah. And careers. And so we just never went into anything. So when this happened, we really did a lot of research and talked about what we wanted to do and what that looked like for us. And so we decided to, to go ahead and try it. And five years ago, we opened up our marriage and we made a lot of mistakes and we've made a lot of great strides in our relationship and our own journeys for ourselves. And it's been amazing. And, um, part of that prompted us to start up our podcast to, to show people kind of what it's like, because, um, we, we don't, we don't hold back a little bit and, uh, <laughs> and kind of give everybody the good, the bad and the ugly and the bad and the ugly are just as prevalent as the good, but we talk about how we work through it. And, and really, um, that's kind of our gift to other folks is that if you, if this is something that's important to you to model some of that about what we've done. And then if nothing else, our goal was always that at least if things went South for folks, they could say, well, Marina and Tristan went through something similar let's go listen to how they did that or let's talk. And it, and it almost takes the pressure off of them because this has happened before. So let's go, let's see what they did to figure it out. And so that's kind of, that's kind of the, the idea behind the podcast. And, and actually how, and how the bad and the ugly can, can be growth opportunities and, and developmental opportunities. And that's how we've chosen to, um, you know, to, to uh, use those opportunities. And, you know, we've had some really crazy shit go sideways, but we, we come out better as people and as, as a couple in the end. So your podcast, the accidental swingers now, is it, I mean, from what you just told me, you accidentally fell into this. We did. Mm-hmm. We did. Yeah. So, and I, when I was first research, not researching, but learning, I found y'all's podcast in the very beginning. And it was very interesting to me because you guys were so raw and, and raw and dirty. It was just the open honesty of, you know, shit happens sometimes literally. And um, here we are. And so I guess, what do you feel like resonates so much with your, with your listeners and with just the community in general? I, I think it is that authenticity that you're, that you're describing. And for those who haven't listened to us, when we started swinging in 2018, we um, started actually just recording ourselves on our iPhones and just for us so that we could remember this journey because we knew that we were doing something that was really out of the box, very momentous, certainly for us. And so we wanted to, and this, you know, I, Marina called me the historian earlier. 
<clears throat> which is true. Um, I wanted to be able to remember this and to go back and, you know, be able to, for us to learn from what we were doing. And so, you know, we literally have raw audio that we took in our car on the way to our way from, you know, various dates and events and so forth, where we talked very openly and honestly about what we were feeling and, and what we were going through. And so, uh, and we interspersed that into our podcast and use that as kind of a scaffolding to build a podcast around. And so I, we've heard so many times over the years that, that people really appreciate that because it feels because we're real and it feels like they're, you know, in our backyard drinking beer at the pool and just, you know, kind of having a conversation. Well, and I think a lot of times because of the way that, that we ended up stumbling into this accidentally, quite honestly, it's it's all full of accidents, but because we recorded ourselves coming home a lot of times, even in the, the not so happy moments, which, you know, where we screwed up, you're listening to us in real time and it's uncomfortable. And, uh, and it can be scary and it can be awkward. And even Tristan and I, when we go back, we listen at the same time when we're doing the, the recording of the podcast so that we're coming out of hearing the raw, the audio from our car, usually our car, um, at the same time that everybody else is. So we're coming out of it too. And we're like, wow, a lot of times we're like, man, that, that was rough. And we talk about what those feelings are now, what that invokes in us now. And, clearly what we were what we were dealing with then. And so it almost gives people a double kind of a double look into what was happening then and then how we moved through it now. And as Tristan said, that's really the authenticity people feel. Um, we get so many com- comments and, and emails about people feeling like so appreciative of not hiding that, not hiding how uncomfortable it was, not hiding our fight about whatever it was that happened that was wrong or that we didn't do right, or we wish we had done differently. So, um, so they're exposed to that. And again, it's all about coming together to show that with communication and trust of your vulnerability of explaining those things that you can grow together and be stronger. One of the best compliments that I think we've ever received and was from somebody in the industry said that our podcast is not like letters to penthouse, <laughs> like a lot of other podcasts. You know, we don't just talk about the sexy shit. We talk about the real shit and we talk about, yeah. you know, what happens when things go wrong and what happens when we get upset with one another, what happens when I fuck up and I have <laughs> more than once. And so, um, so yeah, that I think is, you know, circling back is what resonates with people is that, you know, they can, it's, uh, it's understandable. Absolutely. Relatable. I know, I know that your rawness, because I started, I think well, it was the end of 2019, right at the beginning of 2020 that I was listening to podcasts and just learning. And, you know, I was going through a program for, um, non-monogamy. I was going to, for my, for my school, I, I don't even remember what it's called. It was something about alternative relationships. And so I was going through that program, but at the time I was just learning and I wasn't really in it yet. Um, I mean, I, I had been practicing, there was things I was doing with my, my partner, but it, we weren't in it yet. Right. And so listening to you guys really gave me a lot of insight into, well, okay, let's not do that. Or, you know, if we do, mess up here, here we go. But when we started our podcast, I used a lot of, um, not a lot, but I used some of your ideas in the beginning of what people want to know and tried to give them the educational aspect of it. So probably stole some of your material borrowed. I'm not going to lie. First time I'm admitting it live here, but you, you, thank you. Um, 
And we don't mind one bit because it's not, we tell people all the time, you know, um, we, we love that folks find us interesting and fun and funny and whatever that, and we love that we, that we resonate with folks and there will be definitely people that we don't. And so it's like, that's okay. The, what's most important is that everybody gets the information that they need, that they're looking for the information, the education, the resources that they have. If that's us, that's fantastic. It should be us plus a handful of others because you should have more than one, you know, kind of experience or folks that you can turn to and get ideas from from, because we all handle things differently. And so you're more than welcome and, and yay. Uh, just go back and add our name to that podcast. With the later. <laughs> now that I think about it, yeah, maybe I should. I don't, don't really remember what all I stole from y'all, but I would get the topics and the ideas and then go in and, and try to provide, well, okay, so this is real life. This is real life stuff that people are dealing with. Let's talk about how clinically we can deal with it from the reverse side of it and how you can benefit from it. You guys, you started accidentally and then you've moved into pretty much like an empire. Um, so I know that Nadia in New Orleans, it, you are, tell me, tell me your involvement and your, your, your uh, responsibilities with Naughty. Well, Naughty New Orleans was our very first event. So if you go back and listen to our podcast, you'll actually hear us talking about it. It's episodes eight, nine, and 10. It was such a great time. We had it in three episodes and, <laughs> and we literally have the raw recording there. Like yeah. at one point in time, I'll apologize in advance. I'm eating fried chicken. It's four o'clock in the morning and I'm falling. I remember that. But people fuck yes. that all the time. I'm like, people, it's four o'clock in the morning. I'm at a swinger convention and I'm eating chicken. And I say, I should not be eating this chicken. But anyway, we weren't recording for anybody but ourselves mm. at the time. So anyways, but you can listen to those episodes episodes. And um, so that was our very first event. We were only a few months into the lifestyle at that point in time. And so we took a chunk off and just dove in and thought, what the hell, why not? And so you're really hearing it from a newbie's perspective when you go back and listen to those episodes. And so we had such an amazing time and we made such amazing connections and, and we are still friends with some of the playmates that we met at that time. Like they're still current, you know, they're still playmates of ours. And so it's holds such a special, special place. So we've always gone back every year, except for during COVID. And, um, and then we couldn't go back this, the 2021 when things had kind of opened up just because COVID was still kind of running around there. And so, um, so we've always been really involved with, with Naughty New Orleans wanting to go. And then when we started doing some of these other things, the education that we're doing, we, we teach and we talk, and I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more, but we also do some, some kink education and, and we also do some non-monogamy education when we go to other events and, and so when we started doing the teaching, we thought, you know what, let's, um, let's actually, they, we have educators at Nadia in New Orleans. And so let's teach some classes. And so that kind of led into, uh, so t teaching a few classes. And then um, I actually work with folks with events and event planning and doing education and bringing on speakers for events and, and running events. And so I offered to help out with um, Nadia in New Orleans and they said, great how would you like to be the naughty headmistress? And I said, I would love that. And so, and I so, said, I would love that for her. Yeah. All he wanted to do was, instant, yeah, he wanted to see me in the naughty headmistress outfit, which, which she still, has, I would say what she has yet to see. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. It was too hot when I was going to wear it in New Orleans. And it was just, I need a, a skimpier, a skimpier naughty headmistress. Yeah, no, that, that, I know. Yeah, I can get behind that. <laughs> but um, I can but yeah, so that's, get behind that. <laughs> so that's become our involvement with them. And then um, just, you know, so I'm 
so lucky and so blessed to be able to work with this amazing group of people with this amazing organization, which has also really um, allowed us through our other work and other things. We're just getting involved with so many different people and so many different folks. And then, um, and then this year, uh, I don't know if you want us to talk about it here, but um, so absolutely in, in all of this, in all of the craziness that's happened and, and talk about accidental things happening in your life. And and this was never, we were not never supposed to be not monogamous. And then of course, now we have our, if you listen to our podcast, you'll hear us talking about another couple that we've met and that we spend a lot of time with. And, um, and we consider ourselves a, an open swinging polyamorous foursome because we're committed to each other, but we're also all open swingers. Um, and so it leads for a very different dynamic that we're really um, working our way through. It's quite, um, can be, quite treacherous and quite amazing all at the same time. Um, that's a whole nother section of, um, of talking about it. But I bring that up because this year at Naughty in New Orleans, every year um, Naughty in New Orleans um, crowns a king and queen that are generally folks that are kind of moving the needle forward in some type of way for ethical non-monogamy or um, alternative relationship structures and things like that. And so this year they decided to, uh, to, for the very first time, have a poly foursome be the Kings and Queens and, uh, they chose us. So the four of us became the Kings and Queens of Naughty New Orleans in 2024, uh, 2023. And we had no idea at all. And so we're still like, wait, what? Yeah, it's, it's still, <laughs> it's still new, but we're going to race around the, the, the country for the next year, taking pictures in our crowns. And then you guys can follow it on Instagram because that's where it's going to be. But uh, we've just went to our very first event a couple of weeks ago and took our crowns with us and posed with our crowd. So uh, to kind of have fun and, and spread the word about, you know, ethical, consensual, agreeable, you know, not monogamy. How do you do this? And how does it work? And, and having alternative relationship structures. So that's what we're doing. So I was standing in the back and when they crowned you guys, because I had got to spend some time with y'all and um, your other, your other half <laughs> of the couple, the other half of the foursome. And um, I had a really special moment with um, the male partner of the other half. Mm. And it was just connecting on a really deep level for just something that had trauma that had happened recently in my life. And and he was kind of helping me through it by telling me his story. So I had a moment and I cried. Me, I cried on his shoulder, cried on his wife's shoulder, probably cried on y'all's. And um, so when they crowned you guys, I was standing in the back and I was just bawling like a baby. I had to go back and put my makeup back on. And I was like, that's so well-deserved. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. We, we, so, were, we were bawling as well. Yeah, It was an incredibly emotional, an emotional moment for all of us and completely unexpected. Yeah, I love that you didn't even know, and you're the headmistress. No, <laughs> they did a good job of hiding that from me. So, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty clever. Their evil plot to get us all to be in one place at one time because that can be challenging at Naughty in New Orleans. And so, yeah, they uh, they tricked us into all being there, which was great. It was wonderful. <laughs> Let's just remind everyone that this is Evolve Your Intimacy, and I am Dr. Stephanie from Evolve Your Intimacy. We are having an amazing discussion, but we need to take a quick break, so stay right there, and we'll be right back. 
Attention all you lovebirds. Are you ready to take your relationship to the next level? At Evolve Your Intimacy, we believe that relationships and intimacy require intentional actions each day. And attending our coaching sessions does not mean your relationship is headed for divorce. Quite the opposite. Our experienced coaches are here to guide you on your journey of growth and connection. Whether you're exploring ethical non-monogamy or simply seeking to deepen your bond, our experts can help you custom design your own relationship oasis. Don't wait another moment. Schedule your free consultation today by visiting EvolveYourIntimacy.com. You are listening to the Evolve Your Intimacy podcast, and I'm Dr. Stephanie. Now, let's get back to the show. So how did we go from monogamous, accidental swingers, to now a poly family? You know, uh, that was accidental too. It's all accidental. Um, So I, you know, when Tristan and I first talked about entering the lifestyle and and swinging and we knew very early, like after the very first time being with the couple that, that thought we would make great swingers, that we are emotional and very feeling people. And we knew that that was going to be a challenge for us because we were not going to be the types of swingers uh, that were kind of social swingers that were one and done, which is totally fine. If that's someone's dynamic, we support that. Absolutely. Whatever works for you as a couple. Um, But we knew that we were going to struggle with that if it was in that dynamic and that we knew we had to open up ourselves and allow each other to have feelings for other people. So that's a challenge. That was a huge, a huge part, I think, of our first year of growth. Like we really, we talked a lot. And even Tristan, like at one point in time with the first lover that I had that we kind of, he kind of moved into a boyfriend status. Um, Tristan was the ones like, you're feeling things for him way, you know, you need to be aware. And I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And and we actually talked about it a little bit more because I didn't want to admit it. And um, mm-hmm. it's hard. How do you admit that you have feelings for someone that's not your husband who you've been with for 28 years or 26 years or whatever it was? So we had to work through a lot of that, like even my own acceptance of the fact that I could have intense feelings for someone else and that that was okay. So we worked through a lot of that. And as we grew and our journey changed and our relationship together grew, we became more comfortable with each other exploring our own journeys. And so that kind of led into being able to be with other people and not necessarily kind of led into my hot wife side of things. Um, Tristan also has the opportunity to go and and be with other folks. Our dynamics a little bit different. We talk about it. Like I have a little bit more flexibility. He has what he needs. It's just the way we approach it. He, he checks in with me. I'm more the, I get to do kind of what I want and just let him know kind of a thing, but he has to ask before that's our, that's our, bargain that he asks me or or lets me know what's happening before it happens. I get to check in later if something happens and I don't have to stop, but which by the way is I I enjoy. I mean, that, that that is, it's more than part of our dynamic. That is part of our dynamic because that's the the fantasy piece for me also. Right. Whereas that does the ratchet doesn't turn the other direction for her. (laughs) I just need to tell her in advance. Right. Right. Or ask, you know, you do ask. And there are some times mm-hmm. where I'm like, yeah, I'm not comfortable with that. And and it, it yeah. will fly. But, um, but anyway, so that all leads to, uh, to the fact that as we were becoming more kind of independent, but yet still together in our, in our journeys, we met this other couple and uh, Phoenix and Crimson. And we met them. We happened to meet them at Naughty New Orleans in 2019. 
Um, really? Yeah. And they, it, we happened to meet them. We actually met them um, in 2018. Yeah, we yeah. actually met them in yeah. 2018, but it was a passing fluke and we at, didn't even realize at, it until years later. Yeah, at Naughty in New Orleans. Yeah, we, the met them, party. <laughs> we met them at Naughty in New Orleans the, the year before that. But it turned out that uh, they live close by. They only live about okay. um, 15 or 20 miles away. And so we said, you know, this is a really hot experience and we're all kind of hot for each other. And it's, it's sometimes can be challenging that another couple finds another couple that everybody gets along. And, and so we thought this is, this is going really well. So when we get home, when all the sex vibes are from the event are over, you know, let's, what do you guys think about like going out to dinner and like going to a movie? You know, like, does it have Mm -hmm. to be all around the sex stuff? And, and so we said, you know, this is, we really enjoyed their company and we thought, let's try it and let's see what happens. And, and we like that piece. We like going out and let's go to craft breweries or doing things like that, or go out on the boats and things and not, it's not always, it doesn't have to always be about sex, but that's a nice thing when it is. So, uh, so we met them and it, it really clicked on, and, um, the four of us really hit it off and Phoenix and I, um, really hit it off and Crimson and Tristan really hit it off and it just kept growing and growing. And we all just was kind of like, okay, no one say a word, you know, we don't want to jinx anything, but like, could this really be like super cool that this is okay. And, and we started doing weekends together, all four of us, and we would go to a hotel and we would get hotel rooms with our opposite, you know, our opposite partners, but we would all have breakfast together or dinner together or whatever it was. And, and we built a relationship, uh, as the four of us built a relationship and it's just continued to grow. And that's who we do our kink education with. So we kind of grew our businesses and uh, we created a business and, um, it has been, you couldn't have told us five years ago that this was going to happen. We'd have told you you're, you know, batshit crazy. There's no way. Uh, first of all, that would even be involved this intimately with another couple, but yet we really enmesh our lives together and that's what's happened, but it's been an amazing journey. And just like everything else, it has its ups and downs, but, um, it's, it's been an amazing journey. So you just said the word enmeshed. So does outside family know about the foursome? They, they do. Um, some are our, our children who are obviously home. Um, they, they know about it and we've, this has been our dynamic for through COVID. So, uh, it became, it became our family. We talk about it very openly. And Particularly so our children are 23 and 18. They're yeah. Not, they're not young. Children. Right. Right. It's not like they're nine and five or right. something like that, but yeah. So they're older adults, they're adult men. Um, but you know, it's been four years, but they, they, you know, we, we presented it as part of the family. And so, uh, they know, I have some family members that know we are beginning to, um, tell more folks, more of our family, um, only because it's, it's not because we're obviously not embarrassed about it. We tell the world about what we do and who we are. Um, we just never really wanted to push our agenda on our family that if that was not what they were looking for, that's not our goal. Our goal is never to push our agenda on anyone. It's to say, Hey, we're here. And if you want a resource, we're here. Um, and we'll tell you the stories and we'll tell you the sexy fun stuff, but also the hard times. So all that's there. But as the podcast is getting a little bit bigger and as we're becoming a little bit more, uh, visible, in the space um we're like oh we better start telling some folks just in case it yeah. comes around. not because again only because we don't want people to, we don't want someone to find out and be like how could you have been doing this and not tell us when the world knows about it uh but uh you didn't tell us forever it's like no that's not that's not why we're not embarrassed about it we just didn't you know so so folks know and we're beginning the process of um letting even more folks know <laughs> 
Well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of worldwide now. Yeah, it's it is very it is very worldwide. And I I, my family, uh, my direct family knows about our dynamic and they know about Crimson and Phoenix. They do not know about the podcast. (laughs) And um, and we'll we'll probably leave it that way. Um, But I've started to tell, you know, um, I was able to see my cousin that I haven't seen in, in quite a while. And she was in town and I was able to tell her and we were very close as kids and and I told her about it and she was so supportive I said do you want to meet everybody and so we all went out for drinks and it was amazing and I'm so glad that I got to tell her and it was such a great experience because um she really it really laid the foundation for like I can I can tell my family and it was okay and she was like oh my god I'm so happy for you and and uh it was just reassuring that that other people also were okay with a different dynamic than than what society says we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And as for me, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm somewhat close with my parents, but not super close. And so not to the level of closeness that Marina is with her family. And so it was really necessary for her to tell her family for me, it's not so much. I mean, you know, we don't have conversations like that, but that time is coming and they, they have also met Phoenix and Crimson and, and I'm quite sure suspect <laughs> something's going on. We, I, we have um, some uh, family members who follow us on Facebook yeah. our our accidental swingers. Prop. So we're pretty sure that they know. We're thinking but, they figured it yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, I mean, it's not, a, it's not hidden. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that conversation is coming in, in the next uh, couple of months just to, again, just to make sure that, Hey guys, you know, this is what's going on. I, I'm a 54 year old man and I don't, you know, I, I, I live my life the way that I want to live it and I love my life. And so if that's not okay, then we have deeper issues. So I'm pretty sure it'll be probably moderately um, received, not enthusiastically received, not probably super negatively received, just kind of, Oh, okay. Received. Mm-hmm. So that's about what I'm expecting, but I will tell them about the podcast and I will we'll warn them to, you know, if, uh, unless you want to hear things about us that, uh, yeah. that you can't unhear. Uh, but, but I also know like my dad, for example, if he hasn't already figured it out, he, he would anyway. So he's, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we'll see how that. So your your kids did do they know about the podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and your youngest is eighteen now, but you know, let's do some math. A few years ago, they were not eighteen when all this started. Um, did that guide their path of sexuality and their sexual preferences or their openness? You know, um, that's a really good question. And I am very, very, very happy to say that we have always been a very open family in the sense that um, just our friend, you know, growing up, my best friends in college were, you know, some gay guys and my roommate uh, ended up being gay. And it's like, there's just never been an an issue for us. And so we always, um, so we have our two boys and we always just taught them, always said to them, you know, there is so much in life that is going to cause harm and pain and who you love and who loves you should not be one of those things. And so we always told them from the get go, because our friends have all, we have a lot of friends that have 
alternative relationships that just don't look normal from the outside. And so we never shied away from introducing those kids, those, the, our boys to those folks. And just, it was family as family and who you love, who loves you is just amazing. And so we always kind of had that. So when the time came actually to tell our boys, um, our old, both of our boys, we, they're going to be very fluid and do what they want to do. And our oldest is very, uh, fluid and, and, we're very happy for him. And, and he comes to us and talks to us about it. And as a matter of fact, uh, one of the ways that he told us about one of his relationships was by coming to us and saying, uh, this is before we actually had totally told them. And so he came to us and said, uh, you know, I need to talk to you about something. Uh, you guys, you have a really kind of non-traditional relationship. So I need to tell you about my non-traditional relationship. And of course I heard nothing else except for the fact that, holy shit, we're out of, you know, he's caught us. And now, you know, I'm like, okay, whatever with you, I'm fine with that. But what do you know about us? You know? And so, yeah. so, uh, so it was great though. It was such a, what a wonderful way to be able as a teenager, like I thought a young man, he was probably 21 at the time to come to, to be able to say, you know, I see this, with you guys. And so I need to kind of tell you about this. And we ended up having just amazing conversations about it. And it, it made us feel so great that it, the reality was it just was never a big deal. It's just, you know, I just want to fill you in same kind of thing. Just don't want you to be confused or surprised or upset, but um, it's been a, it's been a great relationship and it's been a wonderful experience. And I hope that I do hope that our boys see that, um, mm -hmm. and carry that through their lives and can pass that along to their children or whoever they end up with. Because uh, like I said, life is too hard to worry about so much all the time. And to have one person that loves you, my husband loves me. That's amazing. I have two men that love me so dearly. I have this amazing woman in my life that loves the two men that I love. So I have this immediate backup sister that's right there that it's just, it's just an amazing relationship. And so to have that much love in your life, how can you go wrong? Yeah. And I can't imagine that it hasn't impacted our boys in a positive way. I mean, you can't be imbued with that much love and openness and accepting mm -hmm. and not have that affect you in a very positive way. And, you know, we, we have, you know, we all hang out together. We all sit around and watch Netflix together on, you know, certain nights and, so th that can only be a good positive thing in our eyes. Yeah. Like we, the, there are literally TV programs that the four of us, uh, Tristan and I and our two boys cannot watch unless the six of us are together. Like we have family night that the six of us are doing and often Phoenix and Crimson's daughter and her boyfriend will also come. And so we actually have like, there'll be the eight of us all crowded around doing whatever movie or, or a uh, family TV night that we have. So it's just, it's such a special gift. That is special. I do love that. I, I, I've told this story before, but my daughter, her very first boyfriend, she, we live in East or Central Texas, so I didn't know how it was going to go. And she said, um, I just need you to know I am ethically non-monogamous at 14, 15. And I was like, oh boy, oh boy. So uh, she's just embraced it as well, but it was just of course, he didn't know what that meant and did not appreciate it once he found out. But, you know, that's to each their own. But I just was so, so excited for her to be able to just say, you know what, this is who I am. And you'll either take me or you'll, you don't want me. And that's okay, too. Because of hell, at that age, I was 
going through all kinds of rejection sensitivity stuff. And, you know, I couldn't, there's no way I would have been able to do that. So I think that my, well, I don't think, I know that my journey has really showed her that it doesn't matter who you love or why you love them or, you know, whatnot. It's, it's love and it can look any way you want it to look. Yeah. So. And I think, and you make a really good point, um, talking about, um, something that was really good. That popped out of my head. It's been a long day for you. Dude. I know it was. No, about your daughter saying that at age 14. Yeah, it has been a long day. Um, oh. Is that what I found very, very interesting. Uh, and our son, before before he knew about our relationship, and it may have been before we were actually polyamorous, it may have been just when we were still kind of seeing them and we really weren't talking about it very much. But he came to me because he his roommate at the time um, – and his girlfriend, the girlfriend had had a fight because the girlfriend had gone off with somebody else. And my son in explaining it to me said, they don't even have an open relationship. They're not, they're, they're monogamous. And it was so interesting that he was using that terminology that I didn't even really know that he really knew what an open relationship was. And those were the words that he used. And, you know, he was 20 at the time. And so I'm like, that is, that's wonderful that at that age there are they're having those conversations or at least that that verbiage is out there that they're comfortable with and like to be able to talk about it in that way was so natural for him and it wasn't for our benefit he was upset about the girlfriend basically cheating on her boyfriend yeah. not being basically right. non-monogamous that- she was just being non-monogamous without telling him and then you know fessed up to it later but and not just the lexicon but that that's an actual acknowledged relationship um profile right that that is acceptable in our younger generations. That's fantastic. And I think a lot of times we always, we laugh or I laugh a lot or I'll say a lot because, you know, when I was your daughter's age, when I was in high school, first of all, I was a giraffe. And so I didn't date much to begin with because there's only one boy in the entire school that was taller than I or two. I dated one of them. Yeah. Me, but anyways, um, but, uh, but you know, when, when you are, um, when you are that age, I never really considered myself non-monogamous. I just considered myself dating. You know, Mm -hmm. when I first went to college, I dated a lot of boys. And then when one said, do you want to, like, I want to be your boyfriend. That's when you stopped being, you know, that's when you, that's when I stopped dating. So it's like, you could go out with multiple people all the time. It wasn't anybody's business unless you were in some kind of a committed relationship. And then something shifted somewhere along there, I think. But that was normal for us. I'm like, I was always non-monogamous. I just dated. I just didn't call it non-monogamy, you know. But then, you know, once you're in a committed relationship, it does change it. So there is that piece to it. But I think it can get a little bit more of a wrap than people really need it to be. That's what we used to do. We used to date people. Yeah, exactly. I was just weird in college and I didn't date anybody. I was a late bloomer. It took her to. (laughs) No, that's not true. You had others before me. You know that. Oh, yes. But. Not quite the uh, the volume that you had, the, the volume of dating. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah, That's very That's true. true, yeah. I did date. I did date a lot. Yes. You socialized a lot. I did. I had a lot of sex. We'll put it that way. Okay. Oh, you knew what you liked and you got it. I did. We are having such a great conversation with our guests today, but we have to take a really quick commercial break. But during this commercial break, it would be a great time for you to like, subscribe, or follow us on all of our social media accounts. By doing this, you get exclusive insider access to specials on merchandise and sexy equipment. Oh, 
you know, you'll get a glimpse of Dr. Stephanie rocking their fun outfits. So what are you waiting for? So subscribe, like, or follow to Evolve Your Intimacy on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok today. I will see you online. Are you interested in learning more about the topics that we discuss on the show? Head over to ASN Lifestyle Magazine, where you can read all the articles that I publish about relationships, intimacy, and sex. When it comes to the lifestyle and the adult industry magazines, look no further than ASN Lifestyle Magazine. They are the natural go-to for everything lifestyle and adult content. Get your free digital issue today at asnlifestylemagazine.com. And if you have any questions, don't ever hesitate to ask Stephanie. You are listening to the Evolve Your Intimacy podcast, and I'm Dr. Stephanie. Now, let's get back to the show. So you've talked a lot about the love, the positivity, the the greatness of the foursome. I want to shift gears, and what are some of the things that y'all have struggled with so far? As the foursome? As the foursome, or I mean, not I mean, not just necessarily necessarily the foursome, but with you in, in individually in the foursome. I know I know you can't speak for them because they're not here, but just kind of maybe as your coupleship, what ha- has it had any struggles because of the foursome? I'm not so sure that our coupleship that we've had a lot of of, of discomfort. You know, from time to time we do, and it, it and when we do, it all comes down to time allocation. And, um, feeling like, and for me in particular, feeling like, you know, I get the weekdays, <laughs> which are kind of the shit days. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, that, but we, we're, you know, we have done some work to remedy some of that, but for me, the overarching problem that I have in the foursome is I, I do get, I never get jealous when Marina plays with other men. In fact, I love it. It, it juices me. I love it. But when crimson does you know i'm not nearly as enthusiastic if i'm not there now often i'm i am there and we have you know we have mfms but when it's just her and and another guy i i do get i get jealous and we talk about it and the reason is and we i encountered this with my first crimson's my my second girlfriend in the lifestyle my first girlfriend that we talk about in the podcast um we call her amber not her real name but um, I, re- I, I had some jealousy issues around her and I realized what it was, was the fact that I don't feel jealousy around her because I know you're not going, I know, she, I know she's not going anywhere. Whereas yeah. this new relationship, you know, it felt fragile to me and I was that worry, that fear. I mean, jealousy after all is only just an embodiment of some negative, uncomfortable emotion, which often is fear for me at least. And so um, that same kind of uncomfortableness that I felt around Crimson, the same thing around Amber, the same thing with Crimson. And so we talked about that really early. As soon as we all started getting really serious with one another, we had a conversation. I said, let me tell you what happened with, you know, with Amber. And, and actually it was after a house party and I kind of had the same kind of feelings where she just disappeared and I'm like, Oh yeah, where'd she go? And, um, so that's been an ongoing, uh, you know, discomfort, uncomfortable thing for me that we have talked a lot about, but as far as, you know, our relationship, 
you know, other than the just, you know, sometimes feeling slighted on time, <laughs> it's been just as all of our, with all of our ethical non-monogamy experience, it has been incredibly uh, relationship enhancing for us. And I always attribute that to the level of conversation and level of communication that's required in order to do this successfully. And mm-hmm. for me, that, you know, that, that level of communication can only come with trust and with vulnerability and that trust and vulnerability then creates an intimate relationship, a more intimate relationship. And so, you know, to me, it's kind of a perfect storm of intimacy, vulnerability, trust, but um, I don't know what our other cohorts would say. Yeah, I don't know. We should ask them. Maybe we should, yeah. No, we'll let somebody else ask them. We're not That's there. right. Yeah, it probably didn't have that play to the world. No, and I would say so for me, a little bit different. So uh, the same, similar things. Uh, I also, it's more challenging for me uh, when Phoenix goes off or meets someone new because our relationship is still new. So same type of thing. I don't, I don't. Gosh, with Tristan, I'm like, go forth, have fun, go fuck. I don't, you know, that's just awesome. Um, yeah, because same thing. I know he's coming home and I know where, you know, what's what's gonna be. When um when it's Phoenix, you know, we've only been together for four years. And so, you know, I don't know as much as the the quirky things that that go on with him that might go on with Tristan that I can kind of just handle. And so it, you know, it's learning all of that all over again. And then you're learning it in a process where you're, you're emotionally raw a lot because you're sharing something about somebody that you're, is still new to you. So that definitely can be different. But the other thing too, I was going to say is, um, you know, we, we are, we also, the four of us, it's very important for the four of us to be swingers. That's how we met. And that's how we want to stay. And Crimson enjoys her time with her other playmates. And I enjoy my time with my other playmates and, and Tristan and Phoenix do as well. Um, And so we have to balance that. And part of us all balancing that though, is, is being respectful of each other and wanting to spend time with each other, but then also wanting to kind of pursue some other avenues and same type of thing. You know, it's been four years. We'll be um, it's been four years. Yeah. Four and a half years years. And, uh, and so it, it can be really challenging as we're trying to not step on each other's toes, but still get what we all want. And we're actually kind of working through some of that now. It's like, how do we help each other tell each other what not only our boundaries are, but what we're shifting our boundaries. Like I need, I need something more. I need some more of this and I need less of this. And, and I'm trying to figure out what that looks like. Cause for me, my own personal self, like my body is going through changes. There's a lot happening with me mentally, emotionally, family wise. I mean, it's just fucking life. And to do that with now two other partners. So I have three people that I kind of have to talk to. And it's not just me getting mad at my husband and saying, you know, whatever. Um, and, and processing it. Now I have to process with three other people and I have to explain and I have to do my, a lot more of my own kind of internal um, check-ins and kind mm-hmm. of really decide like what is going on with me so that I can tell these people that I love, Hey, this is what I'm experiencing. So it's, it's caused a lot more introspection. Um, and, and we are trying to work our way through how do we all still respect each other's desire for ethical non-monogamy and support that 
get when we don't really want to, because we all want to be, you know, we want to, we want them for ourselves, but it's, it's, it is, it's, it's a crazy challenge. It's a crazy challenge. And I think there's a lot to that. And we're just kind of brushing up against some of that stuff now. So. Well, I think that that introspection that that you're discussing is incredibly valuable and it allows you to kind of solve a lot of this on your own. And then by the time you do talk to me or talk to them, you've done a lot of work. And so I, I think that's golden and very helpful. It's it caused me for sure to have to stop and really be able to communicate what I'm thinking instead right. of it's just you and I, we tend to bounce stuff off of each other and just talk. That's true. Yeah. And then you get confusing messages or it can be weird or awkward. But with when I have to, I have to make an argument or I have to say something. Yeah. It's, it's much more introspection. It's much yeah. more thought out and it's, it, it's part of the beautiful aspect of having relationships like this, that yeah. you can do some of this work, but you're, we're really doing so much for ourselves. Um, it's, that's the behind the scenes stuff that happens, right, but right. It's, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. And as to what you were just saying about the four of us getting what we need and want, I think it's interesting. And I was talking to Crimson about this this past weekend at Caliente and sh- um, we talked about how the last couple of parties that we've all gone to as a foursome, we've gone in four different directions so that we're not like blocking people out. And we want, we want to be approachable and not this insular little foursome that nobody is going to try to play with. So, but what always happens and at least the last three parties we've gone to, we go in four different directions, but we all wind up. So two parties ago, I wound up with a woman and Crimson wound up with her partner, like separately. Then we all came together and we're like, oh, hello. (laughs) That's happened twice, actually, where whatever attraction there is that I was attracted to the woman, she was attracted to the woman's partner. I think the same things happened for you. Mm -hmm. And so who knows what that energy is. But at the end of the night, we kind of all do wind up always together, even before we go home. Mm-hmm. And so I, that kind of tells me something. I mean, we're we're just we we do we tend to kind of magnetically come back together, and mm-hmm. we keep going. Why are we all standing here together? Go talk to somebody else. Uh, it's we our, like being it's together. Our, we do. It's our but we <laughs> yeah. find each other amazingly funny mm-hmm. and amazingly smart and all of those great things and we enjoy spending time together. So there's nothing wrong with that. But it does I think it does it can feel a little uh off putting to those yeah. who look at us and we're this huddled little mass and we keep trying not it's to really, all right, great, go find okay. other people. <laughs> so you've you've mentioned introspection and to me hearing you say that I hear it's helping me become a better educator. So can you speak to that? You know, how has this journey made you better educators? I, I can't imagine not being better because of what we've had to go through and what we go through and what we're still going through, through, um, through the introspection. And we have had, I think it's, it's partly that, but it's also partly having the experiences and not being afraid to say, this didn't go well. This, 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 let let us tell you, uh, as the folks in the front of the room, some of the things that we've seen and been able to do and talk about, but then, um, how we've also seen other folks and had, had, um, the amazing opportunity to hear other people's stories. So I think not only the introspection has led us to be better educators, a lot of it just because mainly even from the kink side of things, 
So when we first started in the lifestyle, kink was never going to be something that we ever, 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 ever did. I was never going to let anybody touch me in any way that ever was not incredibly polite. <laughs> and sensual. And sensual. And so, um, and so you talk about the introspection there, that, that really led to a lot of um, my own boundaries and my own, and I think for Tristan too, but it, it's really interesting. Our kink journeys are taking us in different paths because uh, what interests him does not interest me and vice versa. But yet, uh, lo and behold, we have this this couple that, you know, that's how it's played out. She is very interested in the stuff that Tristan wants to try or do or they do together. And a lot of times I'm like, I don't really want to know. That's y'all's thing. And Phoenix and I are the same way. Like, we, it's totally different than what Tristan and I would do together. And it's totally fine. You know, it's like, that's like the best gift that you can give. I'm sorry to kind of go off track a little bit, but... The most amazing gift that I can give the man that I love most in the world is the opportunity to say, you can go and do whatever it is that you would like to do. And it doesn't have to be with me, but please go and have those experiences. And it's cool. It's cool. It's totally fine, you know, and, and be with this other woman that you love and adore. Uh, and you guys have those experiences. That's going to bring them closer together in that realm. But, you know, it doesn't change for me. So that's a lot. That introspection goes along with that, too. But I think for um, in talking about just circling back to being better educators, when you have the opportunity to really go through your own trunk, your own baggage, your own stuff that's that's hanging you up or stopping you. And then you get the opportunity to work through that and then tell, share your story with other folks. It just makes you better to understand, I think, to be more empathetic and to be able to say, I totally get that. I really do. And, um, and then be able to talk about it. And I think it also, because we're not afraid to talk about that, because we're open with our own introspection and our own vulnerability, other people trust that as well. And I think it makes them comfortable. So I think it's kind of a full circle that way. Hmm. Oh, I Tristan, what is, what are your thoughts? No, I completely agree. And good answer. Yeah, no. And it, when it comes know. back to, I mean, it, it, it's basically a, a different iteration of your original question was, which is what do people, what, what, res, what resonates with people with us in our podcast? Well, the same thing that resonates with our education that it makes us educators that people can relate to it's, it's the authenticity and the fact that we've gone through, you know, this journey and as mentioned, you know, when we're teaching kink, we never wanted to be involved in kink, but we, so we've come by it honestly. In other words, we've, you know, we, we put in the work to realize, oh, this is not scary and dark. It can be very relationship enhancing for the very same reasons that I discussed earlier, because it's, it requires an incredible amount of trust. Yes. And that incredible amount of trust then creates an incredible amount of intimacy. So yeah. Yeah. It's the same basic common denominator, which is authenticity. Yeah. We always tell them I'm the poster child for the person, like literally on our profile, the thing that we are like, we're open. We're our very first profiles. We love everything. We'll try anything except kink, you know? And so it was like, we'll do anything except for anything that's on this side of the spectrum. Yeah. So I'm like, we're the poster child. Like we get it that you guys are like, no way kink is terrible and awful. No, trust me. It was on our profile that we would do anything but that kind of stuff. So let me tell you why we changed our minds. Yeah. So people in our universe who in the swinger universe who are a little on the, on the, on the fence about that can look to us and say, okay, well they were on the fence about it too. 
what do they enjoy about it? And we can say, okay, come over to this side. It's, it's, it's not dark and scary. It's, um, you know, it can we be, we have cookies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it can be, you know, a, a wonderful and, you know, loving experience and relationship enhancing. Absolutely. And one of the classes that I was fortunate enough to teach in Naughty or at Naughty, excuse me, was the psychology behind BDSM and what happens to our brain. And the reason why I love that class so much is because people automatically assume that it's about pain and submission. And when we open up their eyes to no, it's, it's, it does the same thing to your brain as skydiving or any sort of adventure sport. You're going to release those same chemicals and you're going to get that feeling of overwhelm, overwhelming satisfaction and excitement. And just that really normalizes it for people. And they're like, wow, okay. So I'm not just going in there to get beat up. I'm going in there because, you know, of certain different things. And so I really, that was, I didn't mean for that class or that when I was teaching, when I was making it to go into that direction, but every time I teach it, there's always somebody there that's like, I never, I've never tried anything, but now that I know that it's, it's not a sickness or a disease or, you know, I'm not crazy or I am normal for, for being interested. Um, I think I'm going to try it. And I had, thankfully after my, one of my classes at Naughty, I had some other educators that were teaching a introduction to BDSM and some, you know, slight spanking and they I was able to send that class to them. And so they were able to give it a try and, and see and feel, okay, so this is what my brain is doing and it's not bad. And I just, yeah, that's, that was a great treat that I didn't expect to happen, but that's what educators do. We don't, I mean, we learn just as much as right. they do. And we learn more from, I always tell my, my, my clients, my students, when I teach, you know, at college level or any level, I learn more from you than you learn from me because you're teaching me every time you ask questions, every time you have a comment, I'm learning from your perspective. And I think that's what makes good educators, not the educators who are like, oh, I know it all. So, you know, I've, let me just tell you the textbook knowledge, like for you guys, you've been there, you've done it, you've put in the hard work, you've, you've cried the tears, you've had the anger. And so to be able to say, "Ooh, let me tell you not, don't, don't do it that way. Let's, let's find a healthy way to do it because you've put in that labor of love to be able to share that. And that is so powerful and transformational for our community. But not only that, just for the everyday monogamous couple that are just kind of, well, let me just learn a little bit about it. And they may never jump on it, but at least they have that, that good knowledge. Absolutely. And I think that when you um, have the courage to start to talk about, again, any of this stuff with your partners, uh, you know, that that's the piece that really starts everything. That is truly the foundation of what's going to change. And, and we'll tell folks all the time, you don't have to do this. You don't have to end up being non-monogamous, but just talk about the fantasies and what does that look like? And wow, that can really change a relationship for so much the better. And um, for all the same reasons, yeah, because of the vulnerability and because of the trust that's required to do that, especially if you've been together as long as we have and want to introduce even just a, a, a new thought, mm-hmm. you know, that's scary. And, yeah. and especially when it's some, around something as um, incendiary as sex, 
Yeah. You know, it, it's, very, know. it's very scary. Yeah. And so that takes a lot of courage and that courage, you know, then helps build the trust and the intimacy. It's amazing how many couples that I work with and when, and, and just, just in my couples practice, not even, you know, alternative relationships, just couples counseling. And when I ask them, so tell me about y'all's sex life, you know, t- tell me how y'all communicate about it. They'll look at me and you see these like headlights, deer, deer in the headlights. And they're like, oh, we don't talk about that. We just, we just do it. And then we're done. We don't ever talk about it. I'm like, oh, Okay. But getting them to talk about it is like pulling wisdom teeth from a toddler. And, you know, it's then once they finally start talking about it, that's when the relationships start healing because it's not just about the sex. It's not about the sex at all. And it's about their entire relationship. But it always, always, always starts. I shouldn't say always. 99% of the time, it starts with that conversation about sex. Because if we can talk about sex, then we can talk about anything. Yes. And it's hard. It's hard to talk about sex. It's hard to say to the person uh, that you love that you want something different or you may want it better, or you may not even know. This is the one thing that we talk about that I'm so lucky, so fortunate to to be in this lifestyle. As I, I tell, I was, I was at a conference, I was actually at a podcasting conference last week and telling folks it wasn't swingers, but there were swingers there. Um, or lifestyle people there. I want to assume that they were all swingers, but you know, people find out what I do and they come and ask me questions. And, um, and so, um, we were talking about that and I totally lost my train of thought right there. Sorry. It's okay. Come back. Difficult conversations. Difficult conversations. Around sex. Yes. (laughs) About, you know, just having those, the, that vulnerability to open up and talk about it. Yeah. It was a great point. I'll come back to it. It's gone. I, it was, I felt it go. And I was like, Oh, I so watched it fly out your ears. It happens to me daily. I will be, I, and this happened today. I was right in the middle of a great, point, and I'm like, <laughs> a great point with a client. And I'm like, go, did you just see that fly out of my ears? Cause I swear I was about to say something. It happens at least, at least once a day with one client or two, because you know, our brains, ADHD, it's a superpower. <laughs> God. So as we're beginning to wrap up, talk to, tell my listeners how they can find you. I mean, I know we've talked a little bit about the podcast, but what else you guys are doing, where you're going to be. Um, if they w- want to learn from you, where can they find all that great knowledge and information? Well, uh, of course, you can find us on our on our podcast, Accidental Swingers, on our website, go to accidentalswingers.com. You can find the podcast on any of the podcast platforms. Um, we also, uh, on our website, you can find usually our calendar that talks about where we're going to be. We go to different events. And if we're at the event, we always will um, tell folks that we're headed there. We love for people to come up and talk to us. So you're totally on that same page where people are like, oh, we can't talk to you. And we're like, are you kidding? We're just us. Please and do. Please so do. please do come talk to us. Uh, we really, really do love it. And um, Or reach out to us and say if you're coming to, so we're in the Tampa, Florida area, one of our favorite places to go is Caliente here in town. You'll hear us talk about it if you listen to the podcast. It's a clothing optional resort. Um, and that, that very 
cater to the lifestyle. And so we'll have, tell people all the time, just tell us when you're going, because we go a couple times a month and there's a very good chance that we might be there and we could meet you there and just say, Hey, and hang out and, and things like that. But, um, so folks can find us there. And then, um, on Instagram we're at accidental swingers on Twitter or X, depending on what you're calling it these days, we're also, right. um, if you search accidental swingers, you should find us there. Um, the four of us, our project that we do together, that's kind of the kink education is called Swinky Life for swingers and kink, swink. So it's Swinky Life and Phoenix kind of runs our Instagram on that one, but you can check out our website, swinkylife.com uh, or the Instagram there, find our stories and our and information. And you'll hear more about the four of us. If you listen to our podcast, you can kind of go through and see if you're interested in that. Um, and we pop up as the four of us all the time off and on. So um, we do more things about talking about that dynamic as this continues to grow for us as well, because we're in the midst of this growing and changing mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, we'll do our best to share it with everybody also as, as it goes, because we don't know how it's going to go either. But. And we're also in the midst of our podcast growing and changing. And we uh, up until relatively recently have pretty much gone strictly chronologically through our story and that was a very intentional thing to do because we wanted to, you know, help new people start it at square one and then mm -hmm. follow along. And we've started to kind of intersperse more current things. Like, for example, you know, we're going to come out with an episode soon about her week last week. <laughs> we're going to, you know, we, we've already recorded three hours of audio with, with the other half of our, we, we call ourselves the square yeah. with the other half of our square about naughty New Orleans. And so that'll be coming up soon. So we're, we're kind of getting out of that mold of, we're only going to be talking about what we did in 2019. Those are amazing stories, but we're bringing it forward a little bit and talking about other things. And so, uh, so, you know, we are changing and growing there as well. As our, as our square changes and grows yeah. also. So, and, and to give a little insight into that. So, um, you know, our, as Tristan says, our, our podcast, we've been telling that story. So we went backwards in time. We go backwards in time. Well, my body and I am really dealing with, I'm a middle-aged woman and I'm really struggling. And as you were, as you were saying, Stephanie, you know, were you going, when we met you, you were going through some of your family stuff and we're all, you know, shit, we're all the same fucking age and this is what's happening. And just because you're sexy and you love to have sex and you're in the lifestyle doesn't mean all the rest of the shit stuff in your life doesn't happen. And so, um, so I have a ton of other stuff happening and going on. And I said to Tristan, I, I can't, I'm just not feeling sexy or hot or anything right now. And it took every ounce of anything that I had to actually go to Naughty New Orleans and have a really great time, which I did. But, I, you know, it's it's hard to be in the lifestyle when you're not feeling like you want to be in the lifestyle. Yes. And Yeah. And so I said to Tristan, but because we're public about our lifestyle, people notice when we're not around. And it's like, you know, so I said, we, I, we need to go on and, and talk about why I can't podcast right now. And I can't podcast because it's really hard for me mentally to have to sit across from this amazing man that I love and pretend that it was, it's all just happy, happy, joy, joy, sexy, fun time when I'm not happy, happy, joy, joy, sexy, fun feeling. And the reason that's so important is because our listeners know and they know us and they'll pick up on that. And that's not who we are anyways. We wouldn't want to have to get up. That's not, we don't fake it. We don't fake any of it. Why start now? Yeah. 
So I said, we have to get on and tell everybody. And so we went on and, and a couple months ago and I said, this is why I, I can't do this right now. I can barely even want to have sex with the amazing men that are in my life because it's not about the sex. It's all the other shit that's going on. And, um, you know, as a woman in my fifties and it was such a, an amazing episode. I, st- I can't even hardly watch it honestly, because I'm in so much pain and I still am in a lot of having a lot of yeah. trauma, but, but, um, the people, the love, the outpouring that we have gotten and, the women that have written to me and said, thank you. Thank God you're talking about this because how do I even tell my husband when this was, you know, three years ago, I'm like, set me up for three dates on one day and I'll do four dates the next day. And now I'm just like, ew, going out to yeah. meet people that I don't know. I have to be social and cute and adorable and fun and witty and all that stuff like that. So, um, so it's, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the women have been, you know, so grateful to talk about it. But I, the, the thing that's amazed me are the men that have emailed me and said, thank you for talking about this. You are not the only one. My wife and I are experiencing this. Or the husband will say, I'm experiencing this too. How do I say that I don't want this? It's not okay for men to say they don't want sex, but of course it is. And so it's been quite an eye-opening experience. And that's why I say, oh, I I want to talk about these things now because they don't make sense for me to talk about them down the road, Mm -hmm. but it could help someone now. And then eventually the the folks that are coming up within the lifestyle, you know, when they hit this this age or this, this obstacle, it'll be there for them to listen to as well, to know that, I mean, it's just, Oh my God, I just have not felt myself and I don't know how to not do this. And so it's, it's just been crazy. Um, but it, it's been a real gift to be able to share that. And that's part of why things you'll notice if if you do listen to our podcast, it's very, very chronological for the first 44 episodes with only a few interview episodes. And now we're dropping, you know, I've just had to take a mental health break is really what yeah. I wanted to do. That's the bottom. I'm glad that you, oh, well, I'm glad that you know yourself enough to be able to do that and not feel the pressure of, oh, I have to perform. I have to be out there. And that is, that's powerful within itself. And that speaks volumes to other people because we don't have to do anything. It doesn't matter if we're public facing, we don't have to do it. We choose to do it. And if we're not in the right frame of mind to do it, that's okay too. There's always next time. Yeah. I thank you. I mean, yeah, that's, beautifully that's stated, yes. yeah. And that's really how I felt. And, and uh, yeah, and, but this is life and we share our life with everybody at such a personal level talking about sex, why wouldn't we share our lives about the fact that everything else is, you know, or just don't, I don't feel human right now. That's normal. Yeah. That's life. We all, people feel that way. So how do you balance that in a lifestyle with, in a relationship with two men and dating and all that stuff? It It's, it's pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to, is that, is that episode out? It, yeah. You said it's out. Yes. No, not yet. Oh, the one that talks. Oh yes. The one that talks yes. about, yeah, that's episode 40, 47, 47, I think. I don't know. It's on YouTube. Okay. On our YouTube, I don't think you mentioned our YouTube channel, but. Oh yeah, you're right. It, yeah. We have a YouTube channel as well. And uh, so that is there. I look awful because I was caught in a rainstorm as we were moving our equipment out of a rainy area into a sheltered area. But the content is amazing. So just ignore me. I, sw- <laughs> oh. I swear to God, bless Tristan's heart. 
I don't know why we were so kind of wrapped up in doing the episode and it was on camera and only a very, we have a handful of episodes on camera. We're starting to do the more, you know, so that for YouTube and bless his heart. He did. He looked terrible. I love you. But it was like, he looked like he'd been caught in a rainstorm. And so we just never even thought about it. And then when we went back and listened to it, it was like, shit, this is really powerful. And he does not look, it's not his best face forward. And I said, it's okay. We'll just put the audio on. And he said, no, I don't care how I look. People need to see the way that we look at each other and the way that we're reacting and they need to see us because it was, it's a tough, it's a tough video. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm struggling conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And so bless his heart for anybody. Don't be all dissed on Tristan, just like me eating the chicken at four in the morning. Don't be all like, dude your hair he was gonna comb his hair i did we just started rolling so it just he he looks like the cat dragged in what the cat dragged mm. in or whatever the saying is but but it was raw and real and, and, and very important for people to hear um yeah. as, as you navigate the lifestyle it's very important to understand that yeah it's not all not all wine and roses or letters to penthouse yeah <laughs> yeah not at all. It's real life. Yeah. Thank you guys for spending the evening with me. I know that um, we're all very, very, very busy individuals, but you, y'all touched my life, my heart, my spirit, just being who you were and being so loving and open. And I know that you, you do that with lots of other people all around the world. And I, I wanted to share with my listeners the amazingness that you two are because it did. It did change my life. I'm not even going to pretend like it didn't. Just meeting you guys at Naughty in New Orleans, the little exchange that we had really set me on the path of, I can do this. I can be single. I can I can do this life and be okay. And it didn't have to be with, you know, whatever that I was going through. And so, yeah, I mean, as I sat and, and cried on Phoenix's shoulder and it's fine and we had wine together. And I mean, it's just, it was just a beautiful, beautiful, wholesome moment. And it had nothing to do with the lifestyle. It had everything to do with just true, honest friendship. And so that was life-changing for me. And I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. You're more than welcome. We feel the same too. I told you that that when you know your buddies, you know, your buddies and it just happened. instantly. we all clicked the second we all stood in each other's you know, bubbles within about 30 seconds. It was like instant friends. Okay. Where are we going to go now? What are we going to do? So feeling is mutual, my dear. We're very humbled to hear that. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, until next time, my friends, because there will be a next time I will be seeing you guys soon. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to my show. I am Dr. Stephanie with Evolve Your Intimacy. And remember, you are not in this alone, and we are definitely here to help. You can learn more about all the amazing things that we do at EvolveYourIntimacy.com. And if you subscribe to our newsletter, you will receive free resources monthly to help you evolve your intimacy. Thank you again, and have a great night.